Hey there, Tribble Nation, sidekick and henchmen. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. Just want to give you a little heads up about this episode of Gutter Talk. After we recorded and I got home to edit everything, it was only then that I realized that there apparently was a bad short in the microphone that Brandon was using. So he comes in and out of the recording a great deal. Um, you'll hear him when he's not in the recording off deep in the background. And it's a shame because as usual, he was offering his usual um, tidbits of information, uh, his witty asides and giving you a window into his world in regards to comic books and pop, pop culture. I did um, boost his audio where I could, so you'll you'll notice that um, it definitely will sound dis distorted and be a little abrupt when you hear the changes. But he was giving us some gold, and I, you know, Brandon is legitimately a part of the show, so I didn't want to. I want to do the best so that he could be represented. Um, so I just want to give you a heads up for that. Enjoy the show. Greedle deedle, a deedle dee, a screedle deedle doo. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Gotta Talk. Gotta Talk! Now on its own stream. It, was that what it was? That, is that the technical term? Stream? Yes, it is on its own stream. Gutter Talk is actually its own, very own podcast that you can subscribe to, ladies and gentlemen, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, Stitcher Radio. And, um, and soon it will be any place and every place that you get podcasts. Yeah, so you don't have to listen to all of our other BS. If you just, if you just want <laughs> this sweet, sweet goodness, this honey goodness, you can go and pick up just the Gutter Talks. Which is what we're here to do. We're here at 4327 Main Street, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. It's my comic shop. I am Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. The Thwip Tribble. And highlight your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And I'm Brandon, currently Childish Brandino Tribble. Yeah! Yo, take your yay back. Yay! Like, yay, it's Brandon! Because... <laughs> I've just learned something here, Brandon. Oh boy. You know how he co-opted your, your yay? Sure. And now you don't feel like as moved to say it anymore? I'm, I'm fine with saying it, Okay, sure. But you don't say it anymore. <laughs> you say you're fine with saying it, but you don't say it anymore. That's Have you noticed it, I that? Mean, it, it was kind of, honestly, I just said it because I was nervous that first time, and you guys really liked it, so I kept going. Well, that's fine. And you, it's become your thing. Now people actually want to hear it. They look for it from you. Okay. But JD co-opted it from you. Okay. I mean, Just I, I like was trying to be supportive. I'm talking to Brandon. <laughs> Just like he co-opted, what do we do every time we go to email? We Letters? Well, we got letters. We, we got, got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. letters. He took that to spoiler alert. I did. Oh. I did. Oh, no. I'll tell you what. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? I also co-opted from, I used to do a radio show with my buddy uh, Bodhi Zen. Yeah. And that was our intro for the um, phonographics. Yes. Was but our he, radio show. So, But here's the thing. You said that on that show. Yeah. So that's fine. You didn't really co-opt it. You took what was yours. Well, it was both of ours. We did both he, did Who it. came up with it? Oh, I don't even remember. It was like 10 years ago. Hey, it probably was him. You're right. Yeah. You, you know what? 
you're an appropriator. And uh, what is it uh, when I move into when white people move into neighborhoods? You, yes, you're gentrified. I'm a gentrifier. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, JD? I had my lawyers contact his lawyers, and they came to a binding agreement saying that we had equal shares of the letters song, and meaning that they should knight me and hung me out the window. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> Uh, speaking of letters, <laughs> do we have letters? Oh, we got letters. Lots of, lots of, lots, lots, of, lots, of, lots of letters. See, now you messed it up, Len. This is why I get to keep it. You can't even do it right. Ah, oh, damn it. This letter is from, take a guess. Christopher Goodnight. Oh, my God, you're so good. Uh, this email is called Roman Reigns for Craven. Roman Reigns. Oh, the wrestler. For Craven. Oh, Roman. Who's the wrestler? Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. Roman Reigns is the name of the wrestler. Okay. Yes. I didn't know if like Roman was the wrestler and he was Reigns. I don't know. We ha- we've had The Rock for years and we've just recently gotten Batista and John Cena in acting roles. So I think a wrestler would be the perfect personality for a character like Craven, especially if they go with the TV personality version of Craven. Oh, that guy. I've seen him before. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Roman Reigns looks like he would. See, now hold on a second. That looks like The Undertaker, but without makeup. Is that not The Undertaker? No. That's a completely different... All right. Roman Reigns looks like he would make a good Craven. I don't watch wrestling, though, so I don't know much about him other than his cancer is in remission. Oh. Speaking of Tatiana Maslany, she would make a great Silver Sable in that movie you don't think will happen. We are getting a Morbius movie and a Venom sequel. Not making Black Cat versus Silver Sable would be dumb. Ugh. The animated Hush movie is going to suck. I love that original story, and as much as I enjoy the character, he should have been left alone after his first appearance. I'm really not looking forward to his appearing in Batwoman either. The character looks cool. The premise slash character motivation is great. Love a good psychopath, but you don't need to keep bringing him back. As for the Marvel, buckle in, kitties. Daddy's dropping the hammer down. Not really, but I love that line from one episode of Buffy. The best thing about all the news is how much it pisses off my somewhat racist, slightly misogynistic, and definitely homophobic brother. Dude keeps referring to the Shang-Chi movie as the Chinese movie. He just keeps harping on how no one cares about these characters, and I want to throat punch him through the window. I personally don't care about the Eternals, and... I hate Angelina Jolie, but I'll still give the movie a shot. I'm really happy for Thor Love and Thunder, but honestly, I wish Helmsworth... What's his name? Hemsworth. Wasn't in it at all. Before they announced it, I even suggested it should just be Valkyrie and Lady Sif, but only because I didn't think we'd get Portman back as Thor. I do wish they had handled that announcement differently. Imagine if the hammer had been on a table in the middle of the room held down by electromagnet and they had let people come up to try and lift it. And then she could come come up in a cloak and pick it up with ease. And then she could throw back her hood and there is Portman with the Thor helmet. How badass would that have been? Okay, I've gone on for way too long, but have a nice day. Chris St. Saucy, good night. Man, he's really killing these emails lately. He sent us a really nice one to Spoiler Alert the other day. Mm-hmm. Nice, It was nice and succinct and tight. He's doing great. Thanks, Chris. Well done. Um, is there anything we would like to respond to about any of this? Um, that Natalie Portman thing, I'm sure that's probably where he got it from, but I have seen people who have made that hammer where, like, you can only lift it. Like, it's, it's got, like, um, like fingerprint scanners on it. Mm-hmm. So only
That's amazing. That would have been very, very cool. And I, I will say almost anything would have been better yeah. than it being handed to her and her looking uncomfortable yeah. and strange. Like and it, or, yeah, I can't tell if she just doesn't want to be up there or if she's not interested in being in the in the movie, but they threw money at her and so she took it or what. But her response, as excited as I was to, right. to for the idea of it, watching the the video is like, ooh, <laughs> Yeah, she don't really sell the moment. No, <laughs> very well. She like kind of holds it up a little bit, and she's like, "Nah, I got a hammer." I've seen interviews with her and stuff, and she seems like she gets into pro like she doesn't do projects unless she likes them. Uh huh. But she also seems like she likes to keep to herself a little bit. Mm hmm. So I think that might. Be it. Yeah. yeah, she's a little reserved, like with her own personality. That yeah. what I what I've seen in interviews. In regards to Roman Reigns as Craven, um, I pop in on wrestling every now and then so I'm you know familiar with Roman Reigns and who they hyped up big in wrestling but to me he never had the charisma to really pop yeah and if you ain't gonna pop and then and from what I hear from people who I who I trust he's only so-so in the ring which means that his athleticism is only but so-so so you're really just talking about his look he can keep his button wrestling. Yeah. I feel like that's what 90% of these fan castings are. It's just, this person looks like the character from the... True, true. But sometimes, sometimes you'll pick, especially if they pick an actual actor, you'll pick an actor that actually does have some chops. You know, but now, you, you he's basically stunt casting off of a... Off of a uh, a bubblegum card because he doesn't even watch wrestling. So he's like, well, I've seen him and yeah. he looks like he might be Look, good he's got craving. a face, he's got some hair, he's craving. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh no. I'm good with I'm good with that. And Tatiana's Maslani. Yes. I think she's well, I don't want to say she's too good for the MCU because that's not fair. Um but she's certainly too good to play Silver Sable. He pick somebody. He pick a better role than Silver Sable. Oh right, from Orphan Black. Yeah. Thank you. Well, if if they didn't already have uh, Scarlett Johansson, she would have been the perfect Black Widow. Mm. But okay, that's done. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know what? Maybe throw her in the X Men. Mm -hmm. so, you know she, she. You know what? You know what? She may be a little old, depending on their casting. But she wouldn't be a bad Professor Xavier. Rogue. Oh yeah. You know what I was thinking? If they made the two Hawkeyes, if young if instead of being a young Hawkeye, if it was like they were partners, she wouldn't be a bad Kate Bishop. Mm -hmm. I mean, well they also cast the new Black Widow too, didn't they? Right. The girl from Midsummer? Yeah. Who I do like quite a bit from Midsummer. Yeah. They said she's the best you said she's the best thing in that movie. Oh she is. Oh, she is. Spider Woman. Oh my god, she'd make a great Jessica Drew. Yeah, and Spider-Woman's got the spy stuff too. Oh, oh okay, shit. that version of Spider-Woman. Okay, that version of Spider-Woman I can see cuz unfortunately Frank Cho has put a certain look of Spider-Woman into my head that Tatiana Maslany does not fit. Oh, I am I imagine the one with like the shades yes. and the zip-up jacket, yes, the that leather one. coat. 
Mm. Yeah, that's that's not Frank Cho. She's badass. That's a badass costume, and I love it. I do like that costume. That's yeah. like her that's best. Her costume. her original costume, Spider Woman's original costume from the seventies, never made sense to me from a design standpoint. No, I was like, what 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 about this is the spider? I don't get it. The amazing thing about that is that that book hit. And because it was like, you know, all new Spider-Woman, it hit kind of like with a big splash. Did it? So much of a splash that it quickly got a Saturday morning cartoon. I remember. Even though the book was not a success. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there was a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. You know, Stan Lee jumping right on it. I was thinking, yeah, I was going to say more Spider-Woman stuff, but yeah. I think a Spider-Woman would be nice. I would like a Spider-Woman movie. I think her costume was supposed to be more about the Black Widow thing. Because mm. it, had, it had the, like, hourglass, right? Sort of. It was like a... You talking yeah. about her original costume? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily were playing into the Black Widow thing, because it was decidedly red. Right. But I mean, as far as the, the, the icon. Yeah, but I don't... Well, let me put it this way. They never mentioned anything about Black Widow in the book. Or, or on the series. Well, in the series, they never even mentioned Spider-Man or anything like that. Um, I mean, then there's also the Ultimate Jessica Drew. Who's the Peter Parker clone? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Just, yeah, the female Tom Holland running around. Um, we have another letter. We do have another letter, and this one is from, I believe, Mr. Brandon Payton. Yo, fellas, I just wanted to say thanks again for the warm welcome last week when Brandon stopped by the store. He had Brevin with him who had a good time and it was one of the highlights of our vacation. Mm. But listen, after listening to the podcast version, I'm sorry I didn't stay longer. My favorite Marvel Phase 4 project is without a doubt the soon-to-be buddy cop action comedy Falcon and Winter (laughs) Soldier. A close second is probably Black Widow, just because she was so good in Winter Soldier that it will be nice to see Natasha doing all that spy stuff as the lead. I'm not so sure about Doctor Strange 2 being a horror movie, though. I can't really think of any PG horror movies, and I don't see the PG-13. PG-13, excuse me, uh, horror movies, and I don't see the Disney MCU ever doing anything R-rated. I feel like they'll save all their R-rated content for Hulu streaming so it's disassociated with the Disney brand. Can you think of any good PG-13 horror movies? Oh, I'm on this. Continue. Also, have any of you gotten into The Boys on Amazon? I watched the pilot and it just irked the hell out of me. I really like Starlight's character, but everyone else is so corrupt that it turns me off. And the end of the pilot really sealed the fate of the show for me, but I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. I guess I'm still a sucker for the wholesome heroes. Maybe I'll have better luck with HBO's Watchmen. Uh, Just kidding. Brandon from the left coast. Well, thanks again, Brandon, for swinging by. I'm glad uh, that you had fun. You um, and Brevin, yeah. Brevin, yeah. I, I didn't want to. It's one of those things that I have this social awkwardness with people where I would like them to stick around longer, but I don't want to assume that they want to stick around longer. Exactly. But then I wind up feeling afterwards like maybe I rushed them out and then mm-hmm. they think that I didn't want them around, but really I was just trying to not burden them with my presence. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? No, I feel I you. do that all the time. 
um, and it, then I regret it. it. But it's it's certainly in in that situation is not is ha- even harder to tell because he he was here with two other people, right? You know, two, We're two keeping them. people. So you know, like you know, you don't want to keep them because I have a funny feeling. He would have naturally just stayed. He would have yeah. like he probably would have came in. It's like no, I got a chair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I brought my own. It's like that one gif of uh, what is you know who is that who's doing that? It's um oh shit who who is that Brandon? Um, he's like on the side of Jason Momoa, right, and he's got right. one of those fold out chairs, yes. and he just plops it down and sits. I don't know what that's from. The oh, is that the league? But oh. I know I see it a lot in like if there's an. A conversation happening, a fight in mm-hmm. the comment section of Facebook. You'll see someone just pop it. It always makes me laugh. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, so um, so it's not hard to, hard to tell. So it would have been great for him to stay, but I'm sorry to, that he didn't. Um, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to Winter Soldier and, and Falcon. Um, Black Widow, eh, whatever, but you know, it's all good. So. Brandon from the left coast. You are you are naysaying PG thirteen horror movies, which I get. There are anytime a horror movie's coming out, I want it to be rated R because I'm a big horror fan. I like uh, effects, I like blood, I like gore, I like all the aspects of a horror film. Mm-hmm. But I did a quick Google search because I don't I don't have them off the top of my noggin, but I did a quick Google search for PG thirteen horror movies and I gotta tell you there's some good ones in here. Uh, a Quiet Place, 2018. Wow, that recently I didn't think that was PG thirteen. PG thirteen. I'm gonna click on it. It says PG thirteen. Where are you looking on? Is it in the Wikipedia? PG thirteen. So yeah. Quiet Place is PG thirteen. Insidious. The Insidious movies are all PG thirteen. Happy Death Day, which was a big surprise for me. That's a lot of fun. That's almost like a a horror comedy. Drag Me to Hell by Sam Raimi from 2009. That was a really fun horror movie. The Last Exorcism. There's another really whoa, good... Whoa, 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 whoa. The Last Exorcism is PG-13? Yes. Like, I, I don't... I, I can't... Came out in 2010. Wow. Wow. There's another really funny uh, horror comedy called The Final Girls... Which I highly recommend. That's a really it's like a takedown of the eighties slasher movie, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. But again, that's not really horror. Um The Slender Man, Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Ring the Exorcism of Emily Rose is PG thirteen. Yep. Like the name of that is should be rated yeah. R. The the ring movies are all PG thirteen. Cloverfield. No, they're not. The Grudge. The Ring mo- What? Well, yeah. see, like Cloverfield to me doesn't feel like a a horror movie. Cloverfield to me feels like a sci-fi movie. That's true. That's true. But the ring, the, the yeah. first ring, is PG thirteen. Yep. World War Z. Um. How can the what? How can the ring? What was Saul rated? Saul's gonna be R. Saul's Saul is definitely be R. gonna be R. That is like that's uh, torture porn basically. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's I'm sorry. NC-17. <laughs> there you go. Halloween is rated R. Nightmare on Elm Street's rated R. Psycho, Scream, Conjuring. Right, right, right. Um, oh, see, now here I click on the ring, and that says rated R. Yeah. No, I... it says PG-13. It says PG-13. What? what? Yeah, all of those movies. So the the problem with horror films or the people making horror films, or no, the people behind the people making horror films, mm-hmm. um, the people making the horror films generally want to make rated R horror movies because that's what they're there to do. But then the studio gets a little nervous and they, they want as many people as possible to be able to go see the movie. So then they 
trim a bunch of the extraneous stuff, and they're like, well, we'll just make it PG-13. So, but my point is, yeah, while I too heard Doctor Strange horror movie and went PG-13, I had to check myself and go, well, I mean, there are some pretty good PG-13 horrors out there. You just said, because that certainly did not hurt The Ring. Yeah. The Ring blew up and became a thing, and yeah. Insidious scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah, and there's a ton of those. Yeah, so um, you're you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. And Oh, no, Insidious, no. Uh, I'm thinking of The Conjuring. Oh, but you said... I didn't say Insidious. I can. They're all. They all seem like they're part of the same. I think they are, aren't they? Aren't they all just like the same world? Because they kind of like share characters. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but I can certainly see Doctor Who. Strange. Doctor Strange. No, that's right. We're talking about horror movies. They're horrible. The um, Doctor Strange Ooh. being a horror movie um, slash kind of like you know psychedelic mm -hmm. fantasy type mm -hmm. of thing. And you know, it's a little trippy. And it, it's as horror as the MCU is going to get. Because right. even, you know, Marvel Comics in the seventies grew up on horror. Mm -hmm. Um but even then you had your Tomb of Dracula and your Frankenstein's monster. A werewolf by night. A werewolf by night. And they were horror. Well, they were PG thirteen horror. Yeah, they were PG thirteen. Yeah. I like to, I've often wanted to, like, I, even as you were saying those words, Marvel horror, right? Mm -hmm. In my head, I was like, oh, you know what? I got to go back and check those out because I never really spent much time with them. But I'm not, would I like them? Well, from what I, the one that I enjoyed at least a, a little bit was Tomb of Dracula. That was by um, Gene Colan doing the art. I want to say it was Marv Wolfman. I could be wrong. Um, and that's the one that actually people herald as like, you know, the benchmark of all of those books. So if you were going to go back for any of them, that's the one to go Tomb back of Dracula. Yeah. I actually went to go check my shelf just now and be like, maybe I think I had a copy, but I'm thinking I have, I have a bunch of EC horror stuff. Yeah. They do these really nice hardcover reproductions of the old EC horror. Um, I just realized I was wearing my EC horror t-shirt. That's right. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I, I feel what you're saying, Brandon, Peyton, but um, I feel like there's some wiggle room in there where they could make something a little creepy. I mean, it's a Marvel movie, so it's they're Marvel, never going to yeah. make a horror movie. Right. As sad as that makes me. Although they are bringing Blade in. What do you think about Blade? Do you think it's going to be a Marvelized, a Disney version of Blade? Because the original Blades were kind of horror movies. They, they had... They, you walk in in the first scene, there's a, a rave, a blood rave, right? I th See, but to me, the original, they're horror in the aspect that they're about vampires. Mm -hmm. But I still never saw them as horror movies. Mm. You know, that was just that was just the the world in which they he inhabited. Yeah. He still very much plays out like a superhero in yeah. the in the vampire world there's a lot of blood there's a lot of gore whether or not it's yeah. cg is the, you know like the can... um what's kate beckinsale's movies Evil? nope no. that is uh that's, that's amila uh, amila jovovich um yeah. you're uh, talking about underworld underworld would you consider those horror really yeah so yeah, they're, they're horror, horror I, fantasy. I see them. Okay, horror fantasy. Yeah, horror fantasy. And yeah, I, they're and, not horror in the way that Nightmare on Elm Street's horror, right. but it's definitely. I would call them supernatural fantasy if we want to get stupid about it. Got you. 
So would you say that Blade was a supernatural fantasy? I think that's even more horror. Yeah, but but okay. Uh, it's a supernatural horror fantasy. Ha! Nailed it. You're welcome. Give With me capes. A, give me a dollar. Except there's no capes. Yeah, but his coat. He's got a real cool coat though. He's his got coat cool was like coat. a cape. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody looked at the coat and was like, "Oh my god, I wish that was Batman." What? <laughs> they did what? I did. All right. My question, Leonard. Yes, Jonathan. <laughs> do you think that Blade is going to be a supernatural horror fantasy, or do you think it's going to be more Disneyfied? I don't think they're going to Disneyfy it. I think it's going to be, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be Blade, Blade. the original. Yeah. So they'll they'll dial that a li- mm-hmm. back a little bit. I think it'll be close to whatever Doctor Strange. I'm really looking forward to what's the new actor's name? Mahershala Ali. He's so good. He's not new. The new act, the new Blade actor. Okay. Um, You said new actor. I'm. God damn it. Like they just found him on. Like he was just panhandling. (laughs) Hey, you. We'll act for food. (laughs) Um, I look forward to his delivery of that infamous line. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. I look forward to them finally uh, paying homage to Wesley Snipe for getting this whole MCU thing started. Mm-hmm. He did, did, did help. He what, did Brandon? It. I just remembered. I think I read that Blade's going to be Muslim now. Oh, okay. I think Marshall Ali said that he wanted that to be a, a factor. He's calling there, the shots. Yeah, the, is there a reason he can't be? I mean, I don't, I don't There's care. no reason why he can't be. Yeah, why not? It's Disney, and they tend to want to be, they want to appeal to as many people as possible. Right. So, yeah, it says Marvel Mask, it's first ever Muslim League. I'm into it. So All am right. I. So that, we're, we're done. Hey. We did it. Um, but you know, the other thing that he mentions, that Brandon mentioned, is that he had tried out The Boys on oh. Amazon. Now, he only made it through the pilot. You checked it out, JD. I made it through three episodes. I have watched the entire first season, which is only eight episodes. I feel like I should rephrase that. It's not that I made it through three episodes. I have only watched three episodes Mm -hmm. thus far. Right. I'm going to watch the whole thing. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, uh, Brandon uh, Payton wasn't enjoying it. I enjoyed it. But, I mean, I understand why he's not enjoying it, because the entire premise of The Boys as a, as a comic series was Garth Ennis hates superheroes, and any chance he gets, he's going to dirty their capes up. Yeah. So this is basically the pro, if you remember that. But Most people don't remember the pro. There was a one-shot called The Pro, and I believe it was Garth Ennis and Amanda Connor, mm-hmm. and it was, I believe she was a sex worker, and it was a lot of like really gross gags. Right. Um, who who got like superpowers? Yeah, she gets superpowers, yeah. and then she. I'm not going to get into it, but it, it goes um, but then left. yeah, so he takes that sort of theme of these. I don't want to say maybe sexually deviant, douchebaggy kind of superheroes. Douchebag, I think, is a good way to put it. Because um, there's some assault happening. There, and, there's yeah. quite a bit um, in, in the comic book. Yes, yeah. In the, com- the, uh, comic, the, the book comic book is very brutal. Yes, and it's, it's toned down read. quite a bit for the TV series, which I think works to the benefit of the show. Yes, but and it kind of makes sense to get people into the door who know the boys from the comic book. I think the pilot leans on that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. More so than the rest the of the rest, series, yeah. because then they continue to dial it a little bit yeah. back and back, even though it's always present. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one, you know, it, the shock and awe of 
of it. Like when you when the series comes on or early on in the, in the pilot, and you're introduced to the character of Huey, mm-hmm. and it's basically you've walked into this romantic comedy for a minute, uh, '90s romantic comedy that ends. Very abruptly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give yeah. it away. Yeah. But it's very abrupt the way that it ends, and you're in, you realize like, oh, this is not this. This is yeah. not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so I can see that being a little bit off-putting, but if you stick with it, the series is so much better than the comic book. Agreed. It's it's it's, it's so much better that I have found myself going. Well, maybe I should go back and reread that comic, and then I go, no, no, nope. no, 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 no. Just, just stick with your instincts. Yeah. Just watch the show. The show's good. Yep. Uh, the the comic book was just too much of like, what can Garth Ennis write this month that's going to outdo the craziness of last month, and that is very tiring to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it does not keep me engaged. So, yeah, the the show I think is great. Now, having read the comic book, some of it, and watched the first three episodes. Is there any like one character that you, that you're really feeling? I'm, I think it's a bucket of fun to watch. Carl Urban as Butcher. Mm-hmm. I think Butcher's fun. Um, I even like Frenchie. Uh, in the comic book, it's all subtitles, or I don't think you even get subtitles. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Frenchie is just speaking French the entire time, and they don't even translate it for you. I believe so. Yes. In the way that they did Arseface in Preacher. Right. right. Here he's at least yeah you know, he's got a thick accent but he's speaking American mm-hmm. uh, English yeah. American uh, he's speaking English and um, I think everybody in the show is really good I also uh, really like that they brought back Elizabeth Shue yeah she's do- she's doing some for the Stillwell character yeah, yeah. She's, doing, she's doing great she was work. a nice surprise I like um, Anthony Starr who's the guy that's playing um, the Homelander mm. I was introduced to him in the Cinemax series Banshee. Oh. And he was he was crushed in that. And like it's fun to see him again because I hadn't really seen him since Banshee. Mm. And it's nice to see that he's playing a totally different character. My feeling on what's his name? The the character? The character. The Homelander. The Homelander. Is the actor who's playing him looks evil. Anthony Starr. Anthony Starr. He just looks, he's got that aesthetic to him where if he's doing dirty you can kind of feel like yeah all right that makes sense but i think for that character that everyone loves him so much i would love to have seen a christopher reeve-esque character or brendan routh someone who looks kind of like baby-faced and nice and so when you do see him do terrible things it's even more shocking Mm. but they've cast somebody who looks like an evil superman well he does always seem to have a smirk on his face yeah like even even his stills are like kind of somewhat somewhat menacing but you like him. It's I fine. I dig him. I it's dig fine. it. I, 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 think I mean, it I like fits. the work he's doing on the show. Mm-hmm. He's enjoyable to watch. But for being a Superman pastiche who is supposed to be beloved by all of the world. Right. And, oh, my God, he would never do such terrible things. Like, you, know, you look at him, you're like, yeah, I get it. Brandon, look up the, the boys' cast because I want to know who's playing, um, what's her name, Mother Maeve? Who's the the the... the the superwoman, like the Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what her name is. Um, this is a... That would be... Not here. There, no, it's right there. Yeah, Dominique... McElligot. Dominique... McElligot. Say it. McElligot. It's M-C-E-L-L-I-G-O-T-T. McElligot. McElligot. Dominique, she's doing yeah. great 
work uh-huh. as Queen Maeve, I believe is her name. Yeah. Um, so I like her yeah. as well. And I like who's the, the, I guess, more or less the leads, I guess, besides Carl Urban. Yeah. The the guy playing Huey. Huey. Um, I like him. Mm-hmm. And the young actress playing Starlight. Yeah, she's good, too. I like her. Um, I feel so bad for her. Even though she could just leave. But, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I also like the surprise casting of Simon Pegg. As Huey's dad, yeah, we, we Huey's dad, because in the comic book he was originally drawn by Derek Robertson, we Huey, to be Simon Pegg. Right. So I like. How do you feel about his American accent? Simon Pegg's. It's not great. No. It feels very. Either it's not great or it just feels weird, and I can't tell the difference. It's not great, but I think, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's me wanting giving him giving him a pass. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to do not only an American accent, but also do a voice. You know, like an accent from maybe whatever part of America that's supposed to be. And that's why it sounds like a little... Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. But otherwise, I think the show's great. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. How many episodes is it? It's, the, 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 and it's only eight. That's only eight? It's the perfect number, man. Oh, That's right. why, because when I sat down to watch it, I sat down like you. Let me watch a couple of episodes. And I'm this. done. <laughs> it, it, was, it was four o'clock in the morning, and I was done. How long are they? About they an feel hour, like they're right? an hour. Even though, to be fair, a couple of them feel like they're maybe a little over an hour. Uh-huh. But um, it was it was great. It's just as... It's not as much gore as the comic books. Although there is some gore. There's some gore. I just got to the, what is her name with the claws? Uh, oh, uh, something pop claw. claw. Pop claw, yeah. Pop claw. Oh, yeah, and the actress that plays her. Um, but yeah, yeah, but um, so you just got to her yeah. when she, you know, this is not much of a spoiler, takes some compound V. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Blorch. Yeah, man. So anyway. I can't wait to finish it. Uh, it's already been renewed, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's already been renewed. I think they already re- renewed it for two seasons. Now, what is it about this show? It's a Garth Ennis property. It's been translated to television, and I'm really enjoying it, but I just have such a struggle getting through Preacher, my all-time favorite comic book. This is... You talk about the TV series. Yeah. This is completely different. This is the Amazon Prime. Yeah. The, is that what it is? It's yeah, the, there's a whole bar on 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 streaming. Yeah. The preacher is on AMC, which is while it is cable, it's not premium cable. Yeah. So it's beholden to advertisers. It's got commercials. They can't go but so far. They yeah, can't I guess you're right. Curse. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you're right. No nudity. I mean, like preacher, and I I didn't I read enough of preacher to know that it's good, just not for me. Yeah. But when they said it was going to be on AMC, I was like, oh, yeah. they, it's not going to work. Yeah. I wasn't as worried because the things about Preacher that speak to me on an emotional level are not the nudity. It is not the violence. Um, it's other things. So those, those things are available and are able to be in a television show. Mm-hmm. And we, they just didn't do it to my liking. Right. Uh, I do have people who come in and they're like, oh, have you seen Preacher? It's so great. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so, But this one, I think, is firing on all cylinders. This one is a really nice... Trent, uh, the adaptation. Adaptation. Um, the comic isn't that great, mm-hmm. but the adaptation is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. I just really, I really wanted a really good preacher show, and the fact that it exists, and I've, I'm not, I've, I'm on season two. I think there's four seasons out, maybe, or there's the fourth coming. But like the fact that I'm not all caught up on this show, which should be my favorite all-time thing ever, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes me sad. Maybe let me ask you this: Is it also maybe the casting? How do you feel about? The guy cast as uh, Jesse Custer. I wish it, now that I'm watching this show, I wish it was Carl Urban. <laughs> he should be pre, he should be Jesse Custer. Um, but I think Tulip's great, and I think Cassidy is spot on. Right, the guy playing Cassidy was yeah. just he came out to play Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Like he popped out of a womb and was like, I guess I'll play Cassidy in my, See, life, my I think, life. I think the Cassidy um, uh, casting and the Tulip casting are fine. Yeah, in that show, the the guy that plays the Dominic Cooper. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do it for me. Not in the lead. He's almost there, but he's not quite. He just doesn't he doesn't yeah. pop enough. Yeah. But Carl Urban. Carl Urban. He would be killing it. Sure. Yeah, I would watch the heck out of him. I don't buy like Carl Urban, when he has to get his, his hands dirty, uh I f- I agree with it. I um I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. Got Dominic Cooper seems like a real nice guy trying to pretend like he's kind of a dick. And yeah. it doesn't quite work. No. I forget. Did you watch Agent Carter? Yeah. I, well, I watched ep- season one, loved it. And then I got to season two and got a couple episodes in and then got distracted. Someone uh, dangled some keys and I was like, ooh. So I haven't finished it. I'm only wondering I love her, though. Has, Can't know, separate him from yeah, the... Yeah, he was Tony Stark. Yeah. He's not Tony Stark. He's, he's uh, Tony Stark's dad. I mean, yeah. What's his name? Howard. How, thank you. Um... And uh, also, Ruth Nega, who plays Tulip, I really didn't like when she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So when she was cast, I went, oh, no. She's cardboard. She's wallpaper. She sucks. And then when she came out as as um, Tulip, I was like, oh, you know, she's a lot of fun. She's she's really digging this. I've seen her, actually, in a, in a couple of movies in between S.H.I.E.L.D. and Preacher. Oh. And um, I don't think I've... that's why I was like, Okay, I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah she got she got some um, chops too. Okay, so would, should we move on to our the meat? Yeah, I think let's we, move we, on to the meat. Yeah, we've moved past the the condiment. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Arby's diarrhea. Um, so Len, you no was it Brandon? No, that no, was Len. We were talking last with the three of us. So wait, oh. so Len was coming at you for stealing my stuff. Now Len's stealing my stuff. You guys keep stealing this my son dick. of a biscuit. What did I steal? This. What? You came with ideas. I'm the one who comes with the questions, Len. <laughs> this is not questions. This is ideas for the show in which I produce. I feel like it was a question. It was like, hey, guys. No, no you tried. Good so try. So, everyone, Good I try. came and I was like, I had a question for the crew. I was like, what would you say is your ultimate comic run? Like, what would you say is the Did he run? ask us that question? Did he, he ask did. us that? No, he did not. I don't think he, he know, did. He totally he did, did not, and he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I asked it right. <laughs> <laughs> this son of a bitch. Um, so last week we were talking about, for some reason, we had Previously gotten Previously on Gutter Talk. We had gotten a it copy. Was talk. It was it in Gutter we Talk? About, they were talking, um, Nolan and Wayne were talking about Ultimate. The double, the eight-page spread. Yeah. Brian Hitch. Yes. Mark, not Mark Miller. Mark Warren no, Ellis. Warren. No, no. Uh, Ultimus is Mark is Mark Miller. Miller. Yeah, I was confusing with um, the authority. authority. So yeah, they were talking about the Ultimates, and then Brandon. I said, yeah, I also want to read that new Ultimates book, the one that has like um, America Chavez as the leader. Mm-hmm. And Brandon goes, well, that's not really the Ultimates. And I was like, well, I mean, it's literally called the Ultimates. Yeah. 
America's just on the team. Oh, I thought Carol was the, was the leader on the second run. It's the, the, it's the There's same, two runs. It's the same team, though. Yeah, but was not she was not the leader in the second one, Chavez? No. Oh, hell, heck with me. So, um, <laughs> yeah. anyway, god damn it. <sighs> um, this See why week, you should subscribe to Gutter Talk, people? Yeah, 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 we're really killing it. <laughs> For the meat of the show, we thought it would be fun to discuss what our ultimate run is for certain characters. We have a list here. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters, long-running superhero characters from both Marvel and DC. And uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about what our favorite, the ultimate run is. Yes. Yes. Because we were having this conversation last week about the Ultimates. And my favorite Avengers run is the Ultimates. So we thought that that was sort of how we kicked it off. So the first on the list, Brandon. You yes. ready? Yeah. All right. I'm good. Spider Man. Ultimate Spider Man. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, well, works, right? That's, Which that's Ultimate? That's an entire run. Uh, the original. I think it was like a hundred issues. So I mean, Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley. Yeah. His Peter Parker yeah. in the Ultimates universe. Yeah. That was a hell of a run. That was a hell of a run. Mm. I loved every run. episode of that run, every issue. <laughs> issues feel like episodes now. Yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. <laughs> they, I've been doing this for years. Episode and issues, I've been mis- mixing them up. So and I always, you know what? I always go back and I say the other thing that I meant to say, but everyone knows what I mean. No, they do. Yeah. You know, I'm feels mad. upset about it. I do. <laughs> I'm a very sensitive sort. Uh, Brandon, uh, not Brandon, Leonard. <laughs> anyway, I said it like that. You just like calling him nerd because you like the Len nerd Len thing. Len nerd. I've honestly never thought of that. Did it's, I, not, you it's not spelled that way. If no. I have said it before, I've forgotten. Um, Ultimate run of Spider-Man. Yeah. See, I've, I've followed Spider-Man only periodically. So I would say my ultimate run is the original run Stanley uh, of and course Steve, Steve Ditko so good yeah. it is very of its time but even still I read it today and I love it just as much as I always have yeah yeah mine is uh believe it or not because I didn't want to say that because that's I should say that I don't want to say that but I've got nothing Stanley else. and Steve Ditko like how are you gonna beat it but when I was coming up the Spider-Man that really hooked me in and grabbed me and made me a Spider-Man fan was the David Michelini and Todd McFarlane stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the longest run. No, it wasn't. But it was enough to suck me in. Yeah. And uh, that that's where my true love of Spider-Man came from. So uh, that's, yeah, that's mine. Good one. Next up on the list, the Avengers. Ooh, my, like, Defined, like, all right. My defined, my Avengers are Kurt Busiek and George Perez run on the Avengers right after the Hero Reborn. That thing. was gonna be my question. Because yeah. was there? Did they do a run before Heroes Return? No, they didn't. George Perez made hit before he, you know, became a superstar on the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. He built his career as the Avengers artists. Yeah. So that so that's where he came in. Kurt Busick never wrote the Avengers oh, no? before okay. that. Okay. Um so that was the first time that those two got together and it was on the Avengers run after Heroes Reborn. Um it definitely had the feel of what then was old school Avengers mm-hmm. um with 
But uh, George Perez took on the assignment um, to prove to people that he could do an ongoing book again mm -hmm. uh, because he had, you know, hadn't done one for years. And he stayed on that book for like a good solid two years. Mm -hmm. And the issues were never late, but they were never he never like uh, uh, took shortcuts. Never took shortcuts, and you know, and what well, anyone knows, George Perez, he doesn't take shortcuts. Right, yeah. He might quit a book, mm -hmm. but he'll never take a shortcut. Yeah. Um, and he didn't take any shortcuts, and Kurt Busiek was just having fun, just pulling at everything from the Avengers. That was it was the ultimate lineup of the Avengers. It was as close as you could get to them of like an of a like almost like magnificent seven mm. of of the crew, even though I think it was a little bit more than seven. Killer. Love it. Now, is that the one that introduced triathlon? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, you notice that's the thing I took away from that. <laughs> yes. Holy butts, okay. that was bad. Okay, that was bad. That was bad. They knew it was bad. Oh, was it on purpose? Well, no. But <laughs> they quickly realized this was bad because they introduced him, and as everything, when you introduce a character, you use them for a couple of issues, and then you kind of put them in the back, mm -hmm. and then they, so they quickly. He he got yeah relegated. He, he stayed to the, home. Yeah, he went on the back burner. You know, like and and you know, it was like Captain America give out the assignments and triathlon, make tacos. Yeah, yeah, you're on taco duty. <laughs> Brandon, Hickman's Avengers. Oh, because they're pretty much the same. Yeah, it really is. You have to put all of them together. That's my Avengers run, and that is why, like, no, like I don't think any other comic has like lived up to the hype of that one for. For me personally. Wow. Any other That's Avengers That's your all-time, no, just, just comic, comic right? I mean, really? There's other comics that definitely mean more to me, but that's the one that's like, when I think super cool comics, it's that. Like, nice. Endgame, it's like, Endgame is cool, but it's no like Infinity from Hickman's Avengers. So, yeah. How long was this run? Years. 80, I, because I recently reread it. 80 years. Yeah. Um, New Avengers and Avengers together. And so those plus infinity was like 81 issues. So was it? Wow. Like each individual was like 30, around 35 issues. Wow. It was good. I fell off of it after a while, um, but I came back for infinity mm -hmm. and yeah, it wrapped up real good. Who's the artist on those? Uh, well, it changed. There was some Assad Ribic, I think. Um, was it good? JD, you're the artist guy. Was it was it gorgeous. Art? It was gorgeous. Throughout there was some Steve round. Epting. Ooh, that, that was some good art. Yeah. I like Steve Epting. Yeah, he was doing new new Avengers. Oh, I like some Steve Epting. Yeah, he's real good. Right. So yeah, I would recommend um oh, man. if you like a good Avengers run, Infinity hit that Infinity run. You see, see it, like on the low, Brandon's mm -hmm. been hitting me upside the head with this Hickman run of Avengers. Mm -hmm. And I've been like like resistant to read it because one, I have my Avengers run, mm -hmm. you know, and I and I have that collected. I don't need another Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also because of everything that, everything that Marvel does with their books, how they start and restart every six mm -hmm. months, it feels like. I just didn't want to, like, you know, be in support of any way of that. I would suggest maybe if you don't want to read the whole run, just Infinity, just get the Infinity Train. Which it doesn't look like it's that thing. It looks like it's Chung. Jimmy Chung? For all of Infinity? No, he did the cover. Are you talking about the cover of Infinity where it's Thanos and the breaking glass? That's Jimmy Chung. He did not draw the interiors. 
Um, but anyway, it's hard to get a hold of because it's, it's so much that I'm looking on Diamond right now, and the only thing that's literally available is Avengers by Jonathan Hickman hardcover volume three. So there's three of those. There's also new Avengers by Hickman hardcovers. So, and there's Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, new Avengers by Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then. Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's a bunch. I, I won't be buying it, but God bless it. I'm glad yeah. to hear that they're doing good stuff. Um, oh, and mine, I already said, is the Ultimates. I never, I literally never cared about an Avengers story in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Miller came out with the Ultimates, Volume 1, from art by Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. God diggity dang it. It's yeah, so good. Uh, those two complete collections of Ultimates 1 and Ultimates 2, so good. Yeah. And they are my all-time favorite Avengers. Now, since then, I have started reading the Avengers mm-hmm. because Bendis jumped on, and I really liked his Disassembled, which wasn't really an Avengers book. No, it's not. Yeah, it was like, Spider-Man's here, all right, and Luke Cage, all right. Yeah. Very yeah, street it team it Avengers. It didn't feel like Avengers. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and, so, I didn't, yeah. And, I, and I remember I had that trade, um, and it doesn't feel like the Avengers... It's David Finch art, if yes. I remember, and I did Which not feels like weird it. on an Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Next up on the docket, we got the X-Men. Okay. What's what's your X-Men run? Oh, I got to go first? Yeah, because we oh. uh, each took a turn. Ooh, I'm going to say Grant Morrison's new X-Men. Oh, you bum. You stole mine. With some caveats. I really wish that Frank quietly had drawn the whole thing. So do I. I really don't like Igor Cordy, the guy who took over. Yeah, I don't he did like fill-ins. It was real rough. I don't like and um, but Phil Jimenez, that's a few issues. Out yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah. But I really would have preferred quietly. Mm-hmm. So that's good. He did a lot of the covers. He did a lot of the covers. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. It also did not wrap up. Yeah, it doesn't end satisfyingly. Well. Yes, which with, is why I don't have it collected. Yeah. But it is my favorite. There's so much good stuff in there. I know. Ugh. I know. And then they did that like future. Phoenix egg thing. Yeah. Didn't make a lick of sense. It's like yeah. he didn't know what to do, so he jumped ahead. But the, unfortunately, that's the thing about Grant Morrison to me. Mm. As an as a, imaginative a writer as he is, mm-hmm. a wholly creative mind, he almost always never sticks to landing. Oh, really? It, like he, he has mm-hmm. on some, at, yeah. but for a lot of things, he just doesn't stick to landing for him. All right. Want me to go? Sure. Yeah, because we both had the same X-Men run. Mine's going to be Uncanny X-Men, the 2013 ride. I can't remember who wrote it. Was that Greg Rucka? Bendis. It was um, right after ABX. Hmm. Bendis. Okay. That's what it looks like it says on the cover. Um, Let yeah, me see I it. I like that one. Oh, that's Bendis. That's Bendis, yeah. I like that I like that mask. I kind of like that mask. So. Yeah, that mask is real cool. That makes so much sense, but I love looking at it. It's real cool. It introduced a really cool character named Tempest, who, like, it, at first it seemed like she could, like, pause time, but she could make a bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, it explored her powers more, and she was able to, like, time travel. Oh. Super cool annual where, like, she can't control her, and she keeps going forward in time. So, like, at one point, like, magic is the Sorcerer Supreme, and she goes forward until Tony Stark is the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, I think I, yeah. Yeah, and it was really cool. I think I read that. I think it would be that. Nice. I say Wolverine and the X-Men, but halfway through that, it got real dumb. Yeah, it really dropped the ball. I was, when Jason Aaron started Wolverine and the X-Men, I was like, oh, this is so much fun, and what a bucket of, bucket of yucks. And, uh, 
Yeah. Krakoa was, you know, the, I was, was the grounds that the school was on. And then, yeah, I just immediately just fell off. Specifically, there's a time travel arc where it was, like, taking place in three different timelines. <clears throat> and one, like, issue was at the same location, but in the three timelines. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, impossible to tell what was happening. Yeah. The past. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, curious oh. real quick. Um, since we're here on the X-Men for a minute, you know, and... and Tons of people have X-Men runs. I mean, X-Men for a time was the most popular comic book oh, yeah. in the world. For like, like how long did that run? How long do you think they reigned? Because I think maybe Batman may have surpassed them by now. But, yeah. But how long was X-Men? Like, probably like at least a good 20, 25 years, yeah, maybe? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So everybody has like their favorite X-Men artists from all, all throughout their time. But who would you say is... Most underrated artist. Underrated X Men artist. Yes. Like mine, just to, it, it would be um, Paul Smith. I love me some Paul Smith. Most famously known, probably the book that, that keeps getting reprinted. Um, he did a book with James Robinson for DC called Golden Age, yeah. which kind of like rewrites the, the, the Silver Age of the DC universe. Um, it's kind of like an Elseworlds tale, but I liked him on the on the X Men. He actually is the artist of one of the more iconic pictures of Wolverine. I like Stuart Eminem when he was he was drawing it with Bendis. Yeah, well, I, I like, like Stuart Eminem as I, he's artist. not underrated. I think he's appreciated, but um, yeah, but he's but he's certainly I don't I don't know how people many don't people, think of him when they say X Men artist. X Men artist, yeah, I think yeah. John Byrne. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah, I feel like when they say X Men artist, they go to Byrne mm -hmm. Lee. Lee, right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Portacio. Right. Yeah. I hate Portacio. Me too. Yeah, it's not for me. Um, all right. The Flash. It's Brandon's turn. Oh, no. I haven't really read any Flash books. Right, good for you. I could say The New 52. I think I read, like, most of that. I know I read most of it, so I'll say The New 52, but even though it got... It got not that great towards the end, in my opinion. But I really like the beginning. It's the beginning with Francis Manifold's art was really great, and the storytelling was really great. So yeah, I'll say that. And it had Barry, who was obviously the best of the Flashes. You're saying that to start a fight. I mean, you you said you came at Doctor Who. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> but your heart is not in it. Yeah. See what happens when your heart is <laughs> Um... You know what, Francis Manipool, like, I want to like his art, but there's something about it that leaves it leave cold. And, and, and not that I would ever pick up a Flash comic book anyway, but that's what kept me from picking up that book. It's crazy, because you know how I'm not really the artist guy, but like, that's part of what got me into that book. I know, and it, a, lot, a lot of people love his art. JD probably loves his art. But Who? Manipool. Oh, I do love him. See? But it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know why, you know. Um, my favorite Flash run though is old, an old one, but a goodie. Mike Barron and Jackson Geis. At the time, going by Jackson Geis. Oh, was he Jackson then? At the I never time. knew. I never. I can never yeah, keep it straight. I don't know I when he made the switch. Jackson and Butch. I don't know. I don't know when he made the switch, but um, their run on the Flash 
coming out of Crisis on Infinite Earths. 1987. So it is Wally West, the best Flash. Bah, bah, bah. Actually, I think Bart's the best. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. No. I don't know if you could tell, but I disagreed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Why? You disagree with your thing you said? Okay. Yeah, see, it's Bart's not in it. Um, but yeah, that was the best Flash run ever. Because that was the run that depowered the Flash just enough. That's when you introduced that the Flash always had to be eating and consuming a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. and all, all of that came in. And even the idea of trying to think differently about how he used his power and he didn't wrap it into this whole speed force thing. No, it's just that he just developed other ways to use his freaking powers. That's all. To compensate for not being quite as fast as the original Flash. Was, so who introduced that he was faster? Was that Wade? That probably was Wade, because I think Wade comes after Baron. I haven't, I don't, I don't remember exactly where it happened, but I remember hearing that apparently it was introduced that Wally was faster than Barry, but he subconsciously slowed himself down. Yeah, yeah, I think Wade brought that. And, and Wade's run is not bad either. Right. I just, I would go back to the first. To be honest, I would, if I were to collect a Flash book, I would start with Jackson's, and I probably would go right through Wade's. So, yes, I was going to also say the Mike Barron run, but then I was thinking about it, and I went, Mike Barron and Butch Geis only did the first 14 issues was of that, that 1987 run. Wow, was that it? The people who took over were William Messner Lopes. Yes, he was the writer. And LaRoque. Oh, Greg LaRoque. Greg LaRoque. Yeah. And they they went through, they went, they took it from issue, I mean, 15 or 16 through like almost the 70s. Okay. Number okay. 70s. So I'm going to have to, like, I really wanted to say Mike Barron. But you got to really give it to Because he started that whole run, but... Mm -hmm. The Mesner Lobes and LaRocque stuff was also just great. You're, you're absolutely right, and that's probably what I'm also remembering. But you get it, Len, right? Like it's like that whole no, run I feels absolutely. like a whole run to me. Mm -hmm. And I had to I was actually doing some research and I realized, oh, Mike Barron was the first, and then um Mesner Lobes was the follow-up. So Wade must have followed up. And then, now. then Wade. Okay. In around the eighties, I want to say. You know what that makes sense because Greg LaRocque's art is very similar to Jackson Geis mm. at that time. Yeah. I think Jackson Geis has certainly matured. They both had very long limbs. Yeah, very I always love the way he drew the Flash. Those cool. long spin... LaRock or Geis? Geis at first. Geis yeah. is my favorite Flash artist. Yeah. Because he's so oh, lanky. Oh, your favorite Flash artist, period. Right? Who else is there? I mean, it's been a Besides LaRock. Man, nope, nope. <laughs> I mean, Manipool's great. We interviewed him. We interviewed him for spoiler alert. He's a very nice guy. Back when the New Fifty Two happened, but um, I love his ink washes, his watercolors, and all that sort of stuff. But for the way a person draws Wally West, mm -hmm. The Flash, mm -hmm. Butch guys, for me. Yeah, I, I, I can't really even come up with one. So right, like yeah, fine. Mesner, not Mesner Lopes. I always do that. LaRock was a slightly more cartoony and a little bit rubberier with his proportions. Mm -hmm. But there was something solid but sinewy about Butch Geis's flash. Okay, I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. You could you could feel him striding across the, like the, the yeah. specifically the one that always I think of 
is he's running an organ yeah. across the country. Yeah. Um, and he's running through the snow. And then he finds some, I guess, some Vandal Savage. There's a Vandal Savage thing. That thing happens. Right. Um, and that's what I always think of. That's, that's the story that they adapted for Young Justice. Yes. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a great story. Oh, you, you meant an organ like a body part. I thought. It's a, <laughs> an instrument? I was imagining him with a giant on his back. Just Ooh. running very Wait a minute, slowly. JD, the Flash doesn't have super strength. Yeah. He just has super speed. speed. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, speed force. All right, why not? You know, um, it's interesting when you started thinking about Flash artists. I don't have a, a favorite Flash artist, but one of my favorite Flash adjacent books was the first Impulse book. Um. Which was Ambrosio Ramos, right? Yes, and yeah. I lo- I loved his art. He gave Eve Impulse the big old feet. Yes, yeah, oh, I loved it. And that oh, the yep. big old hair and the it was very nineties. Yes, very nineties. But it was who, cool. Who was writing that? I can't even I can't even remember on a little bit. I don't think it was Wade. It's hard to find. Apparently, there's a TV show. There's an original series soundtrack. I guess Flash. It, so it was Wade. Oh, I, you know, I, I thought it was, but I wasn't 100% sure about it. I'd like to go back and reread those old ones. Those were good, man. Yeah. And it, Max, Max Mercury. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was like the it. mentor. Yeah. yeah, yeah he okay. like wasn't, he was like, ah, this kid sucks. <laughs> that, that was not, that was not yeah, it's sounding so great because I didn't like the whole Max Mercury thing. No? Well, because I would have just as soon as, why not just make it Jason Garrick? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I guess there's a whole Flash family back then. Yeah. That you never hear about anymore. That's true. Yeah, it's a shame. Mostly back. Are they? Max ain't. Yeah, I think Max is, but <laughs> which is fine. Impulse is back. Um, I mean the the two Wallies. They're yeah. Very, I think Jesse Quick might have been referenced. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. A good good show. Next on the docket, we got Daredevil, which has a, a long history of great runs. Great, great runs. Um, lengthy wow. ones. Wow. Wow. I mean, like, could you, Jesus. We got Bendis and Malieve. We got Frank Miller. Yeah. You've got Stan uh, Lee and was it Ditko at first? No, it was Stan Lee and um, I know Wally Wood did a few issues, but he wasn't the original artist, I don't think. Um, oh, damn, you stumped me. It's not Ditko. It's, is it Wally Wood? 1964. Stanley. Bill Everett. Bill Everett. Okay. Okay. Um, Wally Wood did my favorite issue from that run when Daredevil fights Submanor. Um, wow. And Frank Miller did like two runs on the book, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he started as an artist and well, then eventually took over writing and art. Right. Um, but, the, but yeah, but then he comes back as just a writer. Oh, that's right. Because that's right. which I've I, I got it, just nailed it for me. I've got to say that's my my best run, the best run of Daredevil, Stanley, Dave Mazia Kelly, Dave Mazia Kelly, yeah, Mazicelli? Yeah, I think it's Mazicelli. Mazicelli, um, Born Again. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, my God, that's the Daredevil work. That. that which is exactly what we're talking about, what this is all about. That's Daredevil to me. Everything mm-hmm. else is still good. Mm-hmm. Brian Bendis is good. Um, Brew Baker did Brew a nice Baker run. Brew Baker came after him. And then even 
uh, what's his name who just finished off? Mark Wade and mm-hmm. um, oh, that Chris was Sandy. great. Oh, that was great. That was great. The fantastic ah, stuff. Yeah. But they are still, they are writing and drawing the daredevil that was created in Frank Miller and David Mazzuchelli's Born Again run. Hmm. That's it right there. Noise. I, I've never read a Daredevil run. Oh, okay. I don't wow. think I've ever even read a Daredevil comic. I would say you should read Born Again. Yeah. Born Again. Yeah. But you know what? Born Again is really good, but I do think there's a little bit of the Daredevil lore that you've got to know I probably for Born Again. I'd I mean, probably you probably pick can it up. pick it up. I was going to say picking up uh, Mark Wade's run mm-hmm. when he starts because he kind of like really, really like just starts over even yeah. though it's the same character he picks him up and puts him in like a whole nother type of vibe and stuff mm-hmm. and his run is really cool yeah especially for daredevil for the right. longest ever since the 80s ever since mark um ever since frank miller he has been a dour yeah just a sourpuss yeah i mean uh, everything's real dark everyone's getting murdered Every, he sleeps with a woman and they get killed and, and he yeah. sleeps with a lot of women yeah, that's yeah. You never want to be <laughs> Do Daredevil's not. love interest. No, just hightail it out of there because Bullseye's coming for you. Um, and um, Mark Wade, when he returned, he was like, "Listen, we we had that for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Here's some." And he, I kept hearing this phrase, "swashbuckling." Yeah, I always have trouble saying it. Not swashbuckling. Swashbuckling super heroics. Yep. Um, where you know he's got a smile on. Mm-hmm. Now it felt that, that's even part of the story, where like even Foggy's like, Matt, uh, you okay? Exactly. Like this, this is seems not... forced. Right. Uh, this is not you. So it's actually part of incontinuity, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I could say literally anything other than Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. Yeah. And any of it, any of it, like even the stuff before. Born again. Um, yeah. The stuff when he was writer artist. Yeah. All that stuff was great. And it took me a while. There's that was not an art style, Frank Miller's, that spoke to me initially when I was reading comics as a kid. Mm-hmm. It it felt a little weird. It just it, it is. You know, from a guy who was looking at Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson and those cats, seeing Frank Miller was strange to me. Yeah. Uh, it was less flashy than I was used to, but even as an adult, it's not perfect. No, it's not. It's, it's it's not at all. It's wobbly. And when you but re- it's great. When you revisit when you see Frank Miller with other inkers or or even more, especially inking himself, yeah. you appreciate how much Klaus Jansen mm-hmm. did to his pencils oh, yes. over on the Daredevil work. Yeah. And so much so, he was such an integral part of Frank Miller's art that when he went to go do his own pencils and inks, um, Klaus Jansen, it was just like Frank Miller light. Yeah, you really couldn't tell the difference. Oh, no, I could tell the difference. Oh, I could for sure tell the difference. Okay, but I think the layman might have had a harder. Yes, yes, yes. I see see Klaus Jansen. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, It's, it's just like you and I can look at early Phil Jimenez and see mm-hmm. that it's not George Perez. Yeah. But a lot of people would be like, is this George Perez? Is this George Perez, yeah, for sure. Um, Wonder Woman. No, seriously, Wonder Woman. Okay, my favorite <laughs> run of Wonder Woman, look. I know what he's going to say. George Perez. I knew it. I don't care what anybody says. The George Perez run of Wonder Woman 
while wordy as fuck mm-hmm. because it was his first writing job and he admits that he overwrote the, some things and the dialogue does not exactly roll off the tongue but it is still the definitive Wonder Woman run of all time hands down alright alright um, I keep wanting to get a hold of that and read it but then there's a piece of me that knows all of the things that you said are going to affect my enjoyment of that book, and I'm not going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Just to be honest with myself. Happy. Um, now, mine. Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, the New 52. The best thing, if I may, to come out of the New 52 besides one other run. Batman. No. Maybe two other runs. I really like the Animal Man run and Damn. the Swamp Thing run and the way they intersected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his I'm at, literally Noel. God bless his sweet little heart. He bought sight unseen, never having read this run, the big hardcovers. There's two big omnibuses or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Yeah, I have it. And he's yeah, not those hardcovers, but I had the run. Okay, um, he bought the two hardcovers, and he's just now finished reading them. And I said, can I just can you slide that hardcover over to me? So I'm reading it. It's like too big, but mm-hmm. like I sit in, I sit in my bed and I you know. So I'm reading that right now, and it's just, I've read it before, in issues. And I it sort of dipped in and out, but um, I at least came back for the end of it, mm-hmm. and it wrapped up real nice. It does. Because Azarello does not always wrap up real nice. No, he does not. And this does. And I'm rereading it right now. It's still great. Brandon, have you read a single Wonder Woman comic? No. All right, cool. Moving on to the Batman. The Batman. You would start off this one, J.D. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my Batman is. Um, I want to say Scott Snyder's New 52, but that can't be right, can it? Well, I mean, is What's it? the best run on Batman? Is it your... It, I don't know. Is Frank Miller's a run on Batman? No, because he... Because he's done Dark Knight. He did Year One. Well, Year he One... He did Strikes Back. He did Master Race. Okay, but, right? Yeah, but those All are star? The of those, the only one that was in the regular Batman book, which is what we're basing basing this on, was Batman Year 1. Yeah. So, and while DC at the time that he did it really wanted to hype up that Frank Miller was like, you know, going to be drawing Batman, it still was very much just four issues, I think. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so it wasn't like it was he was on there for a whole year and immediately after those four issues he left so i wouldn't consider that a run it was basically a mini series that took place within the book i also really want to but i don't know what about your norm brayfocal dude i'm on it and uh, that's literally alan grant right well, thank you thank you alan grant it may be Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. I was sitting here furiously Googling, <laughs> and I wasn't sure because I knew Norm Brayfogle. Because at the time, I didn't pay attention to the writers. Mm-hmm. I was only looking at artists. And mm-hmm. guys like Norm Brayfogle, that's the guy. Whenever I see Batman, I see two images. I see the silhouette. It's very two-dimensional silhouette of Batman, uh, his shadow okay. as from Norm Brayfogle. And then... I believe it was Neil Adams and it's Batman running down an oily beach. Yes. That's Those are my Neil two Adams. images when I think of, and also the Todd McFarlane poster with all the crazy cape happening. Um, 
So yeah, I, I didn't realize who had written it, but yeah, Alan Grant and Nor Brayfogel, that whole late '80s Which run, was, I think, was actually Detective Comics. Yes, sure yes, it was. Batman. And you had Clayface, and you had he had a little buddy who was like a hunchback. Oh, Howard or Howard? Yeah, was it yeah. Howard? And uh, then we had the origin of Dick Grayson. I'm sorry, Tim Drake, stuff like that. Oh, well, well, that ran across both books, though. Yeah, but that like that was my prime Batman time. And that was actually good because those were covers by George Perez. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. But, so yeah, that's mine. Brandon, have you read a single Batman issue? I mean, I've read Scott Snyder's run, and I've read Tom King's run. All right, you got two runs. You can pick what's your favorite. I guess Tom King's. Get the f- I mean, I like Scott Snyder's beginning. Len, you're closer to his microphone. Could you just <laughs> turn slap it, it out of his hand, please? Me. Sort of. <laughs> Pat. <laughs> Tom King, get the f- yeah. people love Tom King. They're wrong. You you like the War of Joking Riddles? I did, I did. I did. And you like Mr. Miracle? I did. And you like I did. Vision? I did, I did, I did. And, and, there, was, and there was another di- um, Tom King Batman story that I, I heard you say you like. Uh, it was the one where the Bruce Wayne was realized that as Batman he may have gone a little too far mm-hmm. taking down apprehending Mr. Freeze. Right. So he Bruce Wayne's his way onto the um jury. The He's jury. On... Right. To convince everybody that Freeze should be let go and Batman was wrong. Right. Yeah. Such a good story. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is bunk. Also the double date. I didn't read that one. That's, oh wait, did I? That's the best part I might have done. That's the best of the run. Okay. That one issue. So Tom King. No, it's two issues. Tom King is your three. favorite Batman run. I guess. Tom oh. King. Who, who's the art on that? Miguel. It's got a bunch. Miguel Janin. Miguel Janin, right? Yeah. Even though that story that well, he did the, do the art of war and joking riddles, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story you're talking about when Bruce Wayne. Is Lee on Weeks, Lee dude. Weeks. Oh, that's some mm. good stuff. Oh, that's some good. Uh, like yeah. Lee Weeks. All right, let's move on to Superman. I didn't do Batman. Oh, you didn't? Wait, didn't you? No, no. I did not. Oh, what was yours? Well, I know I, I I go on at nauseum about my Ro- Marshall Rogers. You do. Um, I keep trying to get you that trade paperback, and it's not in print. But go ahead. You know what? You know what? I actually have it. Oh, thank God! Batman: The Art of Marshall Rogers. Yeah. And it's it's French. Oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> so I uh, just sit and look at it. That's well. I mean, well I can't That's really all you really it. need. It's true. I mean, yeah. but the stories were good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the the killing fishes on. And oh, that was a good one. Yeah, you know. Mm. So, um, so I want to go. I, I always want to like herald that because that's that is my Batman. But when I look at it, it's really very much my Batman because it's Marshall Rogers' yeah. art. It's not so much the combination of the writer. In the in the art, even though I like the the writer who I think was Denny, Denny O'Neill, uh, Dennis O'Neill uh, wrote that. So if I had to think of my my favorite run on the comic book of Batman, it probably yimpin yiminy. I'm not yumpin yiminy. I'm not sure. I mean, there's been some good stuff, but um. I think I think Greg Rucka had a run on Batman that wasn't bad. So did Brubaker, to be honest. Um, yeeshi, yeeshi, yeeshi. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, I got to say Denny O'Neill and 
Marshall Rogers. All I, right. I can't come up with anything else. What about Superman? Okay. There's we've we've all agreed there's no good Superman stories, right? He's like the worst. Not true. Well, the regular comic, yeah, they're all trash. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Superman. Well, actually, I think it's Brandon's turn, but um, no, this is mine. My favorite Superman run is not on the regular comic. Mm, mine too. Same. It was the adaptation of Superman the animated series into co in the comic books that oh. they did, the companion comic books, which I believe were written by Mark Miller. What? Yes. Oh, wow. And they were fantastic. Oh, wow. And now that I think about it, and only and I can't put my finger on who wrote them, my favorite run of Batman comics may be the companion to the animated series. Wow. Oh, is which that was, like it, Alan Burnett the, or something? Why do I think so? Why am I saying that name? <laughs> I, I think so. Well, well, the art was by a, a bunch of people. I think uh, Rich, was it Rich Burnett or Rick Burnett? I can't remember who, who wrote it. But those may be my favorite runs of those of uh, on those heroes. Nice. The Batman one was the Batman Adventures, and then it changed to the Batman and Robin Adventures, and the Superman one was the Superman Adventures. Hmm. There you go. Look at you. You did it. There you go. Brandon. Mine, I think, would be Tomasi's run. Oh, that's a good one. With um, with him and John and everything. Yeah, that was good. That's fun. It's good. Um, mine is All-Star Superman. Since you... That no. doesn't count as a run. I'm sorry. The animated series it counts as a run? Because the... Anim I'm, not, I'm not saying the animated series. Animated series adaptation was, comics? It, it's not... A, it's, well, they weren't really adaptation. It was a run of. It was a comic book. It was uh -huh. a continuous, so ongoing was... series. No, wait, All wait, Star wait, Superman wait. was not an ongoing. If you're going animated series, I'm going it's All Star Superman. It's not even close to the same thing. It's exactly you know the same it's not, thing. You know it's, it's, it is precisely. I thought you said that the reason JD couldn't include Frank Miller's other stuff was because it wasn't in continuity. Ah. No, it wasn't that it wasn't in continuity. It's that they were separately one Boy, little talking a, some bullshit. event book. Which is what All Star Superman was. It was an event book. Mm -hmm. This, um, the Batman and Robin adventures, Superman adventures were not event books. They oh, were you know right. ongoing okay. comics. Right. If you're gonna be uh, a Len about it, um, <laughs> where's your mic, <laughs> Pat? Um, John Burns, 1980s post crisis. Was he writing and drawing it? Yes, he was. Oh man, he, he was. That was great. Two comics. That was great. Because he was doing Superman and action comics. And then I guess it was kind of a big deal when Man of Steel came back, but that was um, who was that? Somebody who drew him with a real big jaw. What was that guy's huh? name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, when Man of Steel finally came back in the '90s. But anyway, um, yeah, the the John Byrne stuff. No, I feel you on that. See, and mm -hmm. that a lot, a lot of people. I really that. wish I had that on my shelf. Um, has, has, that, has that been collected? It had to have been. I don't know if it's currently in production, but. That's one of those things that I would like, you know, like a nice big hardcover of all that stuff. Yeah. That'd be and, real cool. And even if it's not in production, that's another thing you would think they would just periodically release. Yeah, God knows they released 19 versions of The Dark Knight. Yeah, right. You know, why couldn't they? You know what? Um, I do want to give props, though. I know everybody loved Grant Morrison's run on Batman, and I liked it. I just didn't think he'd stuck the landing. Same. But it, but it was a lot of cool stuff in there. However... Grant Morrison's run on Batman and Robin right after that 
that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, now I got to do some digging for that burn Superman for that burn stuff. Superman yeah. stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Um, so we did that. But oh, last but not least, Teen Titans. 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 Marv Wolfman and George, George Perez. Perez. Is there another option? Oh, Sassafras. Jeff Johns' run was pretty good. See, I, I haven't read it, so I, I can't. I don't want to. And I like. It was Jeff more Johnson. brutal. In the first issue, well, I can imagine. In the first issue, um, Deathstroke shoots off the kneecap of the Kid Flash, Bart. Jesus. And then there's a issue in like twelve or so where his daughter gouges out her own eye to be more like her father. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, I remember brutal. seeing that. And I remember that's yeah. I love that run. That was a great run. Who's who's the artist on there? I, uh, alternating, I believe. Yeah. But um, a bunch of artists. Um, let me see. Teen Titans. Johns. What was his name? You're gonna know him. Mike McCone. He like started off that run. Oh, see, I'm not a big Mike McCone fan, but okay. All right. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. It's you're not, it's good. Brain is not far off. It's okay. not better than George Perez and Marv Wolfman. Yeah, I haven't read that one. It's like a real close second, though. It was real good. Yeah. And it it's more you know it's more updated, so it. Yeah, because yeah, I mean you know, it you can Wolfman go back and reread it. Perez is like '80s. Yeah. It's dated. Yeah, it is. Big time. So yeah, it's real good. Um, I would also say. The current Teen Titans is very good. Just just as a little, I'm going to pepper in a little bit of something. Teen Titans right now by Adam Glass, I think he's writing it, and Bernard Chang. Is that the one with Damien? Yeah. Yeah, that is good. I it's got the first trade of good. that. It's real good. And like... The, the daughter of Lobo. Crush. Mm -hmm. She's real cool. Um, if, I was like a, if I was a teenager right now, I'd probably, I'd be like, I got kind of a crush on Crush. She's real cute. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's really good. And Young Justice is one of the best Teen Titans books that's not called Teen Titans. Young Justice, the new series by Brian Michael Bendis. On his uh, Wonder Comics label, right? Awesome. So good. Uh, that wasn't for me. I didn't really like that very much. And that may have a lot to do with the artist at the time. Uh, but, yeah, he was. It wasn't. It doesn't speak to me as an artist. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Anything else before we split? It's an hour and a half, my friends. I don't, I don't think there's anything else except to remind people that what we said at the top of the show, Gutter Talk is now its own podcast. You can subscribe. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you look for it on other places where you find podcasts because eventually it'll populate into all those places. And you can please rate and review the show because that will help even more people Yeah, find we're kind of starting from scratch even though we've done... Well, there, well, a number of episodes. Well, there's 10 episodes up on the stream already. Yeah, yeah. So but I'm saying as far as like right. getting rates and reviews, yeah, that's we're, true. Just, we're starting from scratch. We're starting from scratch, but but it's it's fair to Gutter Talk can build its own little following. Yeah. You know how many episodes of Gutter Talk we've done? I have no idea. This is like 100 what? and 60. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just Gutter Talk. Yeah. Which is decidedly like me and you. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is not even what I used to do with Randy and Tim. Aww, which is what friendship. Started this off. I think for Colt Pop, I'm up in the 600s. Oh, well, if I went just... For all of them? Yeah. I, all your shows? I'm, yeah. I'm insane. Time well spent. 
some would not say. You can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com if you would like to correspond with us. Or at coltpopgo at gmail.com if you'd like to complain to us. Also, you can go to coltpopgo.com, click on the bright red banner, and leave us a voicemail so we could hear your dulcet tones. And if you want to help the show out, do you have a Patreon? I do not have a Patreon. If you want to help the show out, you can go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo and give me all your money. All right, we do have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash blacktribbles. You can support us. Wait, what? We do. You just said you didn't have one? I've never really promoted it that hard. Oh, okay. So I'm just putting it out there. But now that I did it, you're like, well, fuck that. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Brandon, where can people reach you? Uh, Nowhere. Come in the JD shop and you can see me. Yay! Oh, my God. All right, thank you so much for joining us, and we will... Talk at you later. Mwah!